When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Alan Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. The Britflix podcast comes absolutely free, so can I ask a favour? I urge everyone to go over to my iTunes page, Stitcher page, SoundCloud page, or Spotify page, or whatever podcast medium you're using to listen, and please rate and review us. You can just rate us. They all have star meters, which can be clicked on in absolutely no time at all. Just click on it and you're done, and it'd be really helpful, trust me. The higher the star meter, the more reviews we get, the more ratings we get, the more the BritFlix.com podcast goes up the charts. Please, please, please. Come on, I'm begging you now. Everyone listening, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud or Spotify pages, type BritFlix.com podcast and rate us. And if you've got a little bit more time on your hands, why not review us as well? Just two or three words of praise will do the world of good. It's really simple and really quick. Now on with the show. Welcome to another Britflix.com podcast. My name's Stuart Wright and today's guest is Mark Collin. Hello, Mark. Hello. Welcome to the show. Um, we're here Thank to you. talk about your feature film directorial debut. The, exactly. The yeah. shock of the future. Now, before we go into any details about that, do you want to give people a kind of brief synopsis as to what the shock of the future is sure uh it's uh, basically the story of a young woman uh, in paris in the late 70s that is uh, struggling struggling to uh to do electronic music you know mm -hmm. to 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 prove that uh, she uh, she has seen the the, the future of the, of music and uh, in a male uh, industry a musical industry i think let's mm -hmm. say something like that mm -hmm. okay yeah no that's 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 about the size things which which is a really sort of a very specific thing to do i mean it's 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 not the most obvious place to uh to situate a drama so given for, for you know generally speaking i'm not this is not that's not a comment on the film the film's amazing um so from from with that kind of idea in mind um and given you wrote and directed it what where for you did the idea for the shock of the future begin you know what was the kernel of the idea that started you off on the road that became this film 
you know, I think uh, you know it's like uh, you sometimes you. I, I wanted to do a movie. You know, I've done a lot of uh, music, a lot of uh, albums, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was uh, five years ago. I think I, I thought now is the time to. To, to make a movie. Um, but, you know, when you are saying that, you say, okay, but what kind of movie? And, uh, what, what, you know, uh, what, what should I, what should I say? What, what, what do you have to say? You know, so finally I, I thought I have to say something about music because this is my world. And, uh, that's the, maybe the, 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 the place I can, I can, I can go into that to, 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 talk about uh, the, the musical world the, the music uh, process mm-hmm. and then uh, and then i had two uh, two ideas the first is that i wanted to to tell a story about uh, that actually that was happening uh, of uh, for real, uh, to a friend of, of mine, uh, a, a French girl that uh, has lived with a, a superstar, mm-hmm. a pop superstar, and uh, I, I was interested by this, you know, relation between a, a star and a, a groupie and fan, you know, in a way. So yeah. That was the starting point. And then uh, I saw this movie from Jim Jarmusch, "Only Lovers Left Alive." Right, and uh, I, I loved it, and uh, had the, the 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 opportunity to uh, to do music for it because I've uh, I've produced the song of Yasmin Hamdan uh, that we can see at the end. She's singing the, at the end of the of the movie, mm-hmm. the beautiful sequence. So I all of this to say that I saw this movie twice or, or maybe three times because I went went to the avant-première and all that stuff. Actually, I went to the avant-première in London, I think. Oh. Well, anyway, and then, and then, uh, and then I, in this movie, there are a beautiful sequence where you can see the main character playing music, uh, in his own, own studio. Uh, and it's very like vintage uh, fetishism, you know, uh, about the, uh, the, the guitars, all the rock and roll thing with the drums, the, the tape recorder, the amp, you know, and, uh, and I think, I think it's, I loved it, you know, it's really like what we want to see uh, on the screen uh, as, as a musician. But I thought it's always about rock. It's always about guitars. It's always all jazz, you know, about, uh, you know, the, these musicians that are playing. And I never saw something like that. Uh, on synthesizers, on electronic music, <laughs> and uh, and I loved all. The, I think there's really something to film about uh, the way to do music with uh, with an old synthesizer. You know, this kind of monster that uh, we had in the, in the 70s. So uh, these these two ideas uh, lead lead that uh, that I thought, okay, I will write something about uh, a girl and. A superstar of uh, electronic music in the 70s, you know, mm. uh, someone like Jean-Michel Jarre. Yeah. And then finally, I've changed, and I thought it's much better if it's a woman than a man. So I had the character, a young woman. I had the the the, the location, Paris, and the time of the 70s. Uh, 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 and then I thought, okay, let's write something uh, about a woman that is trying to do electronic music uh, in the 70s in Paris, and. And that's it. And I, I, I think I wrote the, 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 the script like in, I don't know, like, uh, uh, one month or something. But I have to tell that I have never written a script before. So it was like, uh, you know, like, uh, let's do it. You know, like, uh, no really like, uh, tricks or anything. I just wrote something. 
And then after, uh, completely with a big naivety, some, some, somehow, I went to see some, uh, producers in Paris. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, just ask them, uh, voila, what do you think of it? Uh, uh, I have, I get this subject and they were some, some of them said, yeah, it's nice, but it's not for us. You know, some, some others said, uh, yeah, it's really too, uh, too niche. You know, it's really too, uh, <laughs> underground as a subject. And finally, one woman, Gaël Ruffier, uh, said, okay, I love it. I want to do it. Uh, that's all. That was the the, the 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 starting point of all the this adventure. Cool. Now, what's interesting in some senses is obviously this this 1978 sort of period that you mm. set it in is, which I didn't know until I watched the film, is a big moment for electronic music, isn't it? This piece of this one piece of equipment that that Anna gets for a day came out in that yeah. year and changed. Electronic mu- music yeah. forever, I suppose, didn't it? Exactly. Uh, th- that was interesting because you know when I I, I thought okay let's do something about uh, the seventies, hmm. uh, I really like I thought maybe seventy eight is a key year because you know we used to say that uh, um, the seventies the, the are started in sixty six I think and uh, <laughs> that the eighties have. have Started in uh, '77, you know. Yeah. And I, I think it's true, you know, because there's there's a real change. You can have all these bands like Kraftwerk, you know, and at the same time uh, Jefferson uh, Airplane or I don't know Barclay James Harvest. I mean, really like hippies, you know, really two worlds that are completely different. Mm. One from the past and one from for the for the future. And it's true that um, uh, I was really interested in electronic music and how people, you know, uh, made it at that time, because we have to, to think that it was kind of difficult because all these uh, machines were really, really expensive. Uh, mm. So uh, to get some of this machine, you, you, you know, it was really like something you, you really have to, to be uh, in, in, into it. And, and it was very difficult as well to program, you know. Mm. Uh, um, so and it's true that um, because I, I did some research and I actually... I tried to find in Paris some people that have done electronic music at that time yeah. or before. And what has, what has happened is that they all told me that, you know, in a way, all this music with this either was without rhythm, you know, because they, 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 they hadn't a possibility to, to, to synchronize the, 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 the sequencer that actually uh, were existing, you know, yeah. the sequencer of this either and a drum machine. It wasn't really possible. Jean-Michel Jacques somehow did something like that in, in Oxygen, but I, but really like not, it wasn't, it wasn't synchronized. It was just, you know, like uh, playing uh, manually the scenes. Mm. And after it was like uh, playing the, 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 the beatbox, the mini pops, uh, corks uh, seven, just, just, you know, like that, you know, like uh, uh, he, he was like just launching the pattern and stop and launching again in kind of rhythm. So it's really completely like uh, you can't really do like uh, uh, dance music like that, I think. Uh, so and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, all the people told me the same thing that, yeah, we, we, we were just doing electronic music with synths, but without rhythm. So it's kind of ambient thing somehow, you know. Uh, with like uh, all this sci- sci-fi effect or uh, ambient, uh, you know, like Tangerine Dream, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So then when there was this, uh, because the other possibility was to have, have a drummer, a real drummer to play on the sequence. But that was very difficult to find a drummer at that time that could play, you know, on the click, you know, because the drummer wasn't used to, to, to do that. There yeah, was yeah, yeah. supposed to be the band, you know. So, so it was very difficult. It, maybe especially in Paris. I don't know. But finally, there was this beatbox that has arrived called the CR78 Roland. Uh, beautiful little box, uh, and, uh, you had this, op this possibility to synchronize it with your sequencer. So everything was possible from that time. The, and that's the, the key point in, in, in my movie. Yeah, it's, 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 it was a real big lesson for me that watching your film that something so taken for granted now. I mean, I can download an app on my phone. Yeah, yeah And yeah. be mm -hmm. synchronizing whatever rhythms I want with whatever beats I want with while you know messing with vocals and all kinds just on my phone whereas the idea that that being able to set in transit a pattern using a programming a synthesizer and then putting a beat with it that would never lose synchronicity with it was a big revolution i guess and i guess i guess like you say the um if if the if the if sixty six was the seventies and seventy seven was the eighties and then and then by mm. by eighty eight you've got the nineties and house music exactly. which, which was kind of house music was the greatest in, inheritor of that of that revolution in a way yeah, yeah by, absolutely by ten years later and it's sort of it's it's filling warehouses music made that way um, amazing um, so you it's a period piece so for, for, from a, from a production point of view. What what were what were some of the challenges for recreating Paris nineteen seventy eight for you? But that was really. I'm, 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 what I didn't say about the script is that I wrote this script. Hmm. Know that probably I will never find a, a lot of money to do it, so it was better to do to write something very, very easy to do, you know, and it was my first movie. So I didn't want to, you know, to imagine like uh, complicated like, things. So I thought, okay, let's just write something like uh, what we call in French, you know, it's like uh, only in uh, one room. Somehow, they call, it, they call you know? it a chamber piece in England. Maybe yeah, chamber piece. And, uh, and let's have only uh, a timeline like, a day, you know. Mm. So you have this, you know, like uh, it's like it's like what you 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 can find in the old theater thing, you know. It's like uh, you have one timeline, the day, and one location. Mm. So you have to, to put everything in inside this, and, uh, and 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 it's much easier, I think, after. So when I thought about uh, recreating um, this uh, Paris in the seventies. Of course, I had little souvenir because I'm, I, um, I, was, I was 10 years old in, uh, in 78, uh, mm -hmm. exactly. So I was uh, little, but I have some souvenirs. Yeah. And, uh, after I had, you know, a good, uh, a good opportunity because, you know, in, in, uh, in, uh, oh, in this world of uh, old synthesizers, there's a lot of people that are collecting, you know, uh, the, 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 the synthesizer, all these machines, and you know, and it's, it's a small world, so you, you pass the, the, the numbers, you know, say, okay, you, you should see this guy, because he had a, a system mood, you know, <laughs> all, you know, all this kind of thing, like, like, like cars, you know, something like that. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You know, all computers, you know, all this kind of thing. So, I went to see uh, this guy, I didn't know, uh, François Marco, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a, a big apartment in, uh, in Paris, and, uh, and he had 
amazing, this amazing collection of, of gears, of vintage things, guitars, a lot of synthesizers, really, really priceless thing. Uh, and, uh, and, he, and actually his apartment, apartment, it was really like in the seventies because he had all these posters of Tangerine Dream, all these things, because he's, I would collect, collectioning as well all the, the, you know, the, the lamp, uh, you know, the, 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 all the furniture of the seventies. So I thought, okay, it's, it's good. Maybe I can rent to, to him. The, 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 the synthesizer, because I got a collection myself, but not that big. Right. So, uh, and then after we tried, we, we started to, to, to do some research for the location and it was difficult because it was difficult to find, you know, the, 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 the room, uh, I mean, without having to do everything, you know, like, uh, repainting the wall, uh, you know, renting the load of furniture, all that stuff. So finally I said, but come on, there's this guy, he got exactly, he's living in the, exactly where <laughs> my, 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 my script is, you know, so let's just ask him. And, uh, and I knew he was really into this idea of movie. He wanted to, to, to be in it. Mm. So we found. We found uh, an, an agreement, and so he let us uh, shoot in his um, apartment. So, uh, yeah, so a, a lot of it was already there. So we just, I just asked. I had a long-term friend that was um, uh, our, our director, you yeah. know, and he, he found all these little details, like the old videotape recorder, the 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 the, 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 the alarm clock machine, all these little things, you know, and, uh, and and that was it. We had the we had the, the decor. Now, obviously, the, the I get I get the um, the idea of a of a contained location to help keep the budget down, a contained time frame to not need to to not worry about continuity and things like that. But then what was your conversations like with your uh, cinematographer, uh, Stefano Fellini, about mm-hmm. um, the look and feel and how to make what essentially is a, a very contained space interesting cinematically speaking? What, what, were you, what were you talking about there in terms of references and what was possible with the space you had to use? Yeah, because it's true that, uh, it sounds like very easy to, 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 to say, okay, we're going to shoot only in, uh, in two rooms. Mm. But, uh, after it's very, it's not easy to, 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 uh, ask, um, an audience to just be, uh, closed in two rooms for one hour and a half and to just, just having always the same walls, always the same things, the object and all that stuff. So we had to find some ways to be, to, to, to basically, uh, we had actually we had three rooms because we have the we have the kitchen. But finally, the kitchen, the sequence in the kitchen uh, didn't uh, uh, weren't uh, kept uh, in the in the final edit. But uh, so we have only two rooms now, yeah. and uh, we found a way because we he he, he, he has installed a, a lot of different lightnings from the windows, you know, every, everywhere he could, you know, he, he found, uh, we, we, we put as well like, some lights behind the synthesizers, for example. Yeah. Uh, so, so in a way, we, we didn't play with the natural light, you know. It was always artificial lights, like in a studio, okay. you know. So we could shoot, not depending on the weather and, and on the, the light of the day. So we could shoot like at the midnight, and to, because we have recreated with the lights outside the window, mm-hmm. the, 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 the light of the, of the, of the sequence. So, 
Uh, and with this, with some curtains and some filter, you know, orange thing, all that stuff, we could create something, a mood. And that, that's what I wanted to, to, to have. And I, that's why I asked him. Mm. I said, I want, I want a mood and I want something like, of course, related to the 70s and all to this, uh, you know, 16 millimeters uh, camera film, you know, super, super 16, you know, this kind of thing to have this grain of uh, kind of uh, low file uh, 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 films, you know, like, uh, like of some people have done that in the, in the 70s, you know, with only a, a 16 millimeters camera. Yeah. So I wanted that uh, and color and in color, because of course, at one point I thought, what about black and white? But I thought black and white is maybe too bad because it's like really like the kind of nouvelle vague movie, <laughs> you know, reference, you know. So I thought it's, maybe it's a bit too easy. So let's, let's keep the color and let's keep this orange, uh, because the, the, for example, the IRP uh, I got with this machine, uh, it's beautiful because it's really like, you know, the, the color of this age is like, uh, uh, orange and, and, and black. And it, it's, it's beautiful. You know, yeah, you get this red, this black and all these buttons with these, uh, these knobs, these knobs with colors. So I wanted to keep that. Yeah. Cause, 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 well. the, cause the beautiful thing about the vintage equipment is, is the, is what you don't see in the 21st century with, with any kind of, sort of musical equipment um is the wooden cases and obviously against the yes exactly against the uh the black silver yeah. knobs and red lights you've got these beautiful yeah. wooden cases which i guess yeah. were to do with their lack of uh what do you call it um their ability to absorb sound and not reverberate or anything i guess was the choice for wood wasn't it have been in the in the day yeah. was it just manufacturing was wood you could manufacture wood much easier than we can now manufacture plastics and metals yeah, yeah, well, yeah, probably. I, I mean, it was the, 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 I mean, everything was, was done with, with wood at that time. I mean, even the, the, the vinyl, uh, you know, uh, platinum record player, it was mm. always the tape, tape recorder was always with wood. So I think it was my, the, my the, current the, model, my time. current model is Mark. <laughs> my current, my current record my, player. My current record player is a wooden deck. Ah, voilà. <laughs> so you see. <laughs> now uh, the big, the big, the 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 the, the actor carrying carrying most of the film because I think she's on on camera for the entire film is uh, Alma Jodorowsky and she yeah. plays the the, yeah. the main character of Anna. So first off, yeah. where did you find Alma in terms of casting the film? Was she always your choice, or was she someone you auditioned to to play the part, having seen other people? No, it's. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I um, I thought about someone um, like uh, Young, you know, like uh, I've thought about an age. And then, um, you know, I, I'm really sensitive about the sign sometimes that you can get from life. We can say something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, I had a friend, actually, a keyboard player that uh, was playing with Alma because Alma got a band at that time called uh, Burning Peacocks and she okay. was doing some concerts. And he, he always told me, ah, I will come with Alma. And I knew Alma because strangely, maybe maybe 10 years before, she was very young, yeah, maybe 10 years before, hmm. I'd done a music for a commercial and she was in it. 
a kind of fashion thing I don't remember, you know. Okay. And so, for, of course, okay. I, I saw her and I've noticed her, you know, Alma Jodorowsky, okay, the grand daughter of uh, the famous Jodorowsky, and uh, and she was beautiful and very glamour, so I've I noticed her, her and her name. And to be honest, I didn't see any movies that she has, she has played on after. But with this guy that was playing with her, and uh, finally... Uh, I thought of, of her. I said, "Oh yeah, Alma, that's the same girl, you know." And, and I thought that maybe she's exactly the character, you know. Mm. So uh, uh, without really meeting her, I don't think I met her. You know, I just finally asked her email to my friend, and I sent her my script, saying because I I knew that through my friend she will have it, you know. Yeah. And she got it. And after two months, I think she took two months to read it. I think right. uh, she finally answered saying, I love it. You know, I want to do it. Let's, let's talk about it. So I was very happy. And, uh, it was very, it was for me an obvious choice because she got all this underground culture, you know, even in her name, you know, she got this, yeah, she got yeah. this underground. From the 70s. So, and she's playing uh, uh, keyboard, she's singing, she knows about music. Uh, and I wanted to have someone very glamour as well, very kind of beautiful girl, you know, uh, because I, I, I didn't want that to, uh, to associate uh, uh, machines where I wanted to have some kind of beauty as well with the, with the machines. And, uh, and so I, uh, and just as well to to say something that is a bit different from normally what people uh, can show is that it's not because you are a beautiful girl that you have to be a singer, you know, because in, in the movie, this Alma, the character, Anna, she's not a singer. She's a, a, an electronic producer, you know, yeah. and, 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 and of course she has to face that everybody's telling her why you are, you are not a singer, you know, because you're, you're beautiful, you should be a singer. Why are you just doing doing music? You know, that, that's a, a, a thing for men, you know, to be behind, you know, and do the things. So I wanted to, to, to say, no, 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 she can be beautiful and she can as well be a producer, you know. So that was a, 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 one of the ideas of the movie uh, uh, as well. And as she's behind the machine, she can as well worked with some other girls like the, the the visit of Clara the singer and uh and Corinne you know so it was a kind of thing with feminine thing as well you know so it's like a female together that are creating music and I, I like the the idea especially in the 70s that I think it wasn't that often that this kind of thing can uh, can happen so we didn't like we didn't do any uh test or anything um, casting you know we just uh, we just say okay let's go let, let's do it <laughs> you know and I have to, to say that uh, the first sequence we shoot uh I was a bit a bit afraid because I thought she's in every shot on the on the movie. So yeah. if she's not good, it's that's the whole project it will 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 uh, will, uh, will fall down, you know, will fall down. But she was great at the first minute uh, when the camera was was turned on. So I thought, okay, it will be good. Now, now, shock of the future is full of uh, very interesting, quirky characters. Non, non more so than uh, Anna's friend from New York, um, whose name escapes me now. What's what's the name of that character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, it was uh, it, first in the script. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a young guy, a young DJ, a young British guy. 
Right. That that was that's what I, 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 I wrote actually. And then um, when I talked with Alma, we said, "Who can play this character?" And she told me, "Oh, but I got an idea. He's not really young, but I think he can be great. He's American. His name is Geoffrey Carey, and I think he can he, he can do something good." So I thought, "Well, why not?" You know. But I, <laughs> when he came, I, I, I thought, "I don't know about someone that is maybe forty or something." You know. But I, I didn't imagine that uh, Geoffrey is, is actually 65. <laughs> so yeah. when the, when he came, I was like, oh, wow, okay, you know. So it's completely changing the the, the character, you know. But I, th- I thought it's great because it's completely, it, it's more singular, it's more original, you know, in a way. Because the, to have like a young DJ, well, okay, but to have kind of this guy that has, you know, Listen to so many kind of music that has traveled the world, and now it's based in Paris, and he's a kind of, a kind of you know uncle, let's say, or I don't know, godfather, or a guide to this. He, rem- uh, he reminds. Movement. It's gonna. Say, it's an odd thing to say, given it's set in '78. But thinking about him as as he grew older, it reminds. It reminds me of John Peel in some ways. You know, the UK. Uh, radio oh, yeah, DJ, yeah, yeah. you know, in the sense sure, of sure. just yeah. forever excited by new music because it's not about, because yeah. I was, I mean, I know mm-hmm. with my love of music, it's you fall in love with some songs and then you listen to some stuff a lot. There's things you get, you, you don't touch and you, you know, they sit on your shelf for a long time and so on. Whereas this guy, you could see his, his, his character is just about, oh, and listen to this oh, and listen to that. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of intoxic, yeah. it's toxic, intoxicating, isn't it? Um, and I think that was always something I was associate with John Peel. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's, it was, it's just, it's just a guy that is, uh, we don't know which, which age he, he got, but yeah, he's really completely into music and he, he brought, and you know, this, what is beautiful with music and I mean, with not only with music, but with music is that the, 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 the when you like a song, you want to share it. Yes. You want to share it with your friends, you know, and that, that's always great, you know, so you can do like, uh, the cassette tapes, you know, you can do a playlist compilation and you can just go. And at that time, you should go to your friends with your, uh, with your vinyls and play it, you know, that was the only way. Mm. So, uh, almost. So, uh, so he's, he's just doing it and he's very happy because he would play some good new music to, uh, to, to this girl because she's creating music and as well. To all her friends that will be at the party she's organizing uh, at uh, at, uh, at the evening. So yeah, it's really like uh, um, in French we're gonna say a passeur. I don't know how to say it in English. You know, someone that is giving something. You know, yeah. so he's giving. So, yeah, this experience and this this great music he has discovered uh, uh, to to Anna, and uh, it's it's a key point as well. Ma- Malcolm uh, Malcolm Gladwell. In his book, the tipping point refers to people like him as like a maven. He, he uses the yeah. word maven, mm-hmm. which is like they go, they take from everywhere, and then they share it with other people, and then it's it's their sharing that that's that then sets in transit something new. So Jeffrey's sharing with Anna, as it were, is exactly is is what mm-hmm. then sets her off. And just in the spirit of that, um, in the spirit of sharing, just so I is what was the name of the throbbing gristle tune that he plays? Um, I think it's UFO. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's not one I knew, and I like. It's funny to watch oh, a yeah, film yeah. and then be like, "Oh, I've got to find that out. I've got to." 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a good song, and I um, I'm happy because I had almost all the songs I wanted, you know. Because I, when, when I wrote, when I'm writing a script mm. now, since that I, I wrote like a, three or four more, you know. Mm. I'm always putting music with the sequence, you know, right. because for me it's very important, you know, because you would see, you you are in the mood, you know. And uh, so I have a list of a lot of uh, music I wanted to put in the movie, and uh, but I thought I hope I will have the, all the rights, you know, and uh, and it was, will not be too much expensive. And I'm I'm very grateful because most of the people, you know, they they, they did a really good price, you know, uh, especially Jean-Michel Jarre or Seron because that's really huge hits, mm. uh, international hits. Um, but even Devo, uh, Throbbing Gristle, all these bands, uh, the, the Human League, all these people, it was they, they made it some really good, really good price. Mm. So, um, one of the things that that um, Alma's character says at one point is to uh, is to sort of declare that rock that rockism is over and um, <laughs> electronic is going to going to take going to going to replace it and all the sweaty beer stained. Venues will go, and in a, yeah. in in a way, they nearly did. I mean, obviously, the the whole yes. house music explosion is is hard. I mean, yeah. I live I yeah. lived through that, and uh, it's hard to deny <laughs> that that didn't take away from the the rock gigs. But what happened after that was that electronic music ended up becoming the stadium rock thing that rock always was. So you think of like Prodigy or um, Underworld or Orbital um, bands like that. So it didn't actually Die, it became the same thing, but it, but that, that nevertheless, it's it's interesting, sort of thinking of that point being like if like the the, the shock of the future is like that. You could imagine people thinking that, and I even remember as late as ninety one when um, Kraftwerk played at the um, Brixton Academy um, mm-hmm. when I think it was the remix album they were putting out. The, uh, the oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, every music journalist was declaring rock was over. <laughs> Yeah, know, nothing yeah. can be better than yeah. this kind of thing. But in thinking that, what? How do you? I mean, this is. I guess this is just that. This is just a hypothetical bit of fun. But what do you think Anna would think now if she, as, as she's aged now, she'll be in her sixties, looking, looking at the present oh. state of music and thinking, where did Electronica go? But she was completely right, you know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and because and, and more than this, because now electronic music is in the, is in the is at the, in the museum too. You know, so, uh, you know, because there was this uh, amazing um, exhibition about uh, the, the techno house music uh, from uh, from uh, Kraftwerk to Daft Punk in Paris. Uh, oh, really? Last, last month. Yeah. yeah. So. So, yeah. But I, I mean, it's true that I, I'm not completely agree with what you are saying about uh, Orbital or, you know, all these bands, because. It's not like a rock band anyway. I mean, of course it's, it's played in, in stadium, but it's completely different. It's a DJ. It's a guy, or, or we don't know what we are doing really. You know, it's like they, they have like machines. They are behind machines and they are doing something. We don't know exactly what, but okay. we are watching, you know. But the most important thing is the sound and the thing that people are, 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 are together to enjoy to to this sound, you know, it's not like you you are you are seeing a guitar player doing a solo or a drum or a drummer that is playing with a bass player. It's completely different, you know, mm-hmm. as, as a sensation. So you can be far, you can you know you, you don't care to be close to the stage, 
you know, in rock or jazz, you want to be close to the stage. You want to see the people, you know, really like playing, you know, or you need some screens. With electronic music, you don't care. You can be really far, you know, you, you, you even, I, I always be amazed when I'm seeing like a DJ, you know, playing in stadium and, and everybody's watching them <laughs> and, the, and the guy is alone, you know, and there's nothing to, to see really, you know. So, so that's uh, always, uh, always amazed me. But, uh, so, so I think it, there's, there was a real revolution. And the real question is that is the rock and roll, I mean, this kind of way to play together with guitar, drums and bass will come back. That's, that's the question. And, uh, some, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think if, Maybe. I think if vinyl can make a comeback, then certainly four piece bands. I think that the, the, um, the interesting thing is the way that it's probably more to do with the way that the music industry operates financially than it is to do with mm-hmm. technology in terms of, you know, the idea that a band in 1978 would sign a five album deal. And the record company might accept yeah. two albums are going to fail before they succeed. Whereas now it's like if you don't yeah. if you don't hit the ground running, you're dropped. Exactly. If you ever get signed, I yeah. mean, the amount of people that are signed yeah. as an artist with a backing band, so the band don't actually matter anymore. So it might as well be electronic, for that matter. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, thinking yeah. about your um, when this being your first film, and you say this was your first script you wrote. Um, when you mm-hmm. shot the movie and then you go into the editing phase, what were some of mm-hmm. the greatest delights for you that you found in the edit that you couldn't have imagined when you wrote the screenplay? Uh, it's, you know, I always read that uh, the editing part is uh, is the second uh, uh, step to, to, to write the movie. You know, it's the second... Uh, uh, level to, to where, where the movie is actually uh, has been written. And, and I, th- I always thought, wow, pff, I'm not sure, you know, because I, I thought that my script was like, okay, we're going to shoot it. And <laughs> even if we cut, you know, it, the story would be the same. I mean, the, the, the character, you know, and I just discovered that, yeah, it, it's true. Actually, you can completely change your movie through the editing. Uh, and, uh, for example, um, there was a very interesting thing because the, in, in the original script, uh, Anna, uh, is with this guy that we saw at the end that is, a, a lawyer that uh, is giving her money, uh, and, uh, is helping her to, 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 um, and to to not be depressed, you know, and to and uh, and we can think in the movie. If you see the movie, you can think, okay, the guy is a kind of uh, uh, a secret lover, you know. He wants to have a story with her, but uh, but she she don't want, you know. That's what we 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 see in the movie. But at the original, the, in the script, they were together, really, and there was some sequence that have been shot but didn't kept that they are together. But when we decided that this sequence were not good, because we, when we saw the whole movie, there was other sequence with the mother of Alma, for example, mm. with uh, some other, with a, with a student. There was a lot of different sequence that we didn't keep because we thought finally the most interesting thing is to focus on Anna doing music, you know, and somehow we don't care about her background, you know, 
We don't care that a uh, mother is coming and uh, and say, oh, you, know, you should uh, do something more serious in your life. We don't care about uh, the way how she's making money with giving le- music lessons. We don't care about the father. We don't care about all this background. Finally, we just take it as it is, you know. Uh, and in the morning, she's waking up and she wants to do music, and and that's it, you know. So we we, we were focused on it. So we finally, with this with this sequence with this boyfriend that we cut, yeah. It changed because the guy is not his boyfriend anymore now. He's, he's just a guy that wants to have a story with her. And it's much more interesting because in a way, uh, for the character, what the meaning of uh, this, this journey to it through this day is that she will always choose music uh, than uh, to have a, a normal uh, story, uh, to be in couple and, and to have a normal job or to be like that. She wants to follow her, her dream and her face. So it's much better that actually she's not, she don't have a boyfriend and she's not choosing to have a, boy, to have a boyfriend. And that was not in the script. That was really created in the editing. Brilliant. Um, That's amazing because that character, yeah, the way, the way you present him in the final edit is he's a guy that admires her, but because he's got yeah. he's a lawyer and he's got a sensible job, he's, all, yeah. he's almost acting yeah. like a second father figure. He's like going... You know, just just exactly. play it a bit safe and do that. You know, you can you get that sense, yeah. and, you, and we've all met those kind of people who mm-hmm. who are kind of like just concerned because they they don't like the idea. Because obviously, to be creative is to lose control, isn't it? You're not you're no exactly. longer in control. Yeah. If you're going to trust yourself to come up with something from nothing. Um, exactly. And, and I think yeah, he he's I just I saw him as like that opposite, like like as if to say, if you didn't do your music. You could become a lawyer if you want, <laughs> and then they hire. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, it's one. It, it, mm. Yeah, you're right. I think it it was much better that we saw Anna like flying solo almost. Like things fell into her lap. You know, things happened that were lucky, but obviously at the same time, she's being unlucky financially, or she's the way to earn money is not possible. And but but then. You know, the beatbox comes into her into her possession. It's like, yes. I mean, financially, it does nothing for her, does it? Yeah. But, but to her character, yeah, exactly. this is this is more than money, isn't it? Mm, exactly. So it wasn't. Yeah. So I've, I've rediscovered that uh, through the editing, you can you can do a lot of things. It's it's sometimes difficult because yeah, of course, you know, you have shot a sequence, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in the the, the in the, the the sequence where you you can see the mother of Alma, it's a very uh, cult uh, singer in France called um, Ellie Medeiros. Right. Uh, her band was the Stinky Toys, you know, and uh, she. Uh, uh, it was very important for me to have her on the on the movie, and she came from Uruguay, Uruguay, you know, to South America yeah. to play this sequence. Right. And finally, we didn't keep it, so it was like, uh, you know, it's difficult. You have to read really to like, ah, oh, okay, Ali, it's better. Let's 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 cut it. And after you have to tell the actors. You know, there was a be- there was a really good sequence as well. We didn't keep that. Uh, she's watching uh, uh, TV, and there's a, a kind of German band that is playing with her. You know, because she was in Germany with her father. It's it's a whole thing of the story that we didn't keep. But and so and all the musicians they were so happy to be in a movie. You know, so they were playing live. You know, and I, and you have to st- t- tell them, okay, I'm sorry we didn't keep it. You know, but that's that's live. That's the cinema. You know, one one of the things that at the end of the movie you you. Sub- some text appears at the end to tell us that, in in a sense, Shock of the Future is dedicated to all the female pioneers mm. 
of electronic music that have, that have been and gone and continue to make music to this mm. day. One of the names mentioned is, uh, was Daphne Oram, wasn't it? Who, um, mm. who, who, I guess, first made an impact with what she did on 1961's The Innocents, which I don't know if you've gone on, I don't know if you've looked on the credits for that film or on IMDb. It, it, it says that she's, uh, it no. says it says that she's on even though she's the person that does the electronic music on it and that film is known for being one of those early early moments yeah. where electronic music features in movies and in a horror film at that and yet she's uncredited mm. for the work she did well yeah incredible huh? yeah, isn't, yeah. isn't it yeah, a, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was uh, that was a uh, yeah, that was a, a difficult time, I think. Uh, and uh, and yeah, that's why I wanted to dedicate it. It's it's a bit pretentious in a way because okay, I, I mean, and, and I'm not the the, the movie is not only about this it as well, you know, really focused on this electronic sound with the beatbox and and a revolution in music. So it's not only about. The, the 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 struggle of women that um, mm. made electronic music it's one of the subjects but uh, uh it's true that uh, when i prepared the movie uh, i i watched and read everything i could about all these women you know some of them you can see a lot of things you know i was very um um uh, influenced by uh, the little the little footage you can see of an interview you can see of Lori Spiegel actually in America in the 70s you know yeah. uh, her style really influenced me uh, for the character of Alma and as well to choose Alma for the Alma Jodorowsky for the role you know mm. she was really that kind of uh, um, beautiful young woman with a you know hippie a bit long hair uh, with her style and there was and she's she was really into the future with all the the the, the music she was doing you know and the, probably it was it, it was difficult for her uh, as well and I'm happy because I, I I've been in touch with her I'm still in touch with her actually mm. um, because of the movie because I've I've, I've I put uh, the music of in the movie. Um, but it's but of course you know for example Eliane Radig or other women I'm, I'm that are, are in the, this little uh, quote they were into really experimental music and so it's it's a bit different from what Alman is, is doing in the movie. Of course, um, trying to think now. Um... The the film the film's out now, isn't it? People can people can see it. Um, yeah. um, <clears throat> now you, you mentioned a few times about writing music and stuff. It's worth saying that you you were you you're co-founding of the band Nouveau Vague, um, and you still play to this day. Um, yeah. How many how many studio albums have you made? Oh, with Nouveau Vague or in general? Yeah, yeah with Nouveau Vague. How many how many have you made? Is that ah. interest? Uh, Nouvelle Vague, I think we did exactly five albums in okay. the studio. The reason I ask that is then, yeah. so having gone through the experience of making something as as um, as difficult as an album with a band, how does making a feature film compare to making an album? I've, there's a lot of uh, similarity, uh, you know, uh, because uh, doing uh, doing an album finally. Producing an album is like, it's the same thing. You, you have to choose a cast. When I'm 
when I've chosen uh, Camille to sing on it, or I don't know, you know, a singer, you know, it's the same thing that than choosing an actress. Mm -hmm. You know, so choosing the sound engineer is like choosing uh, uh, the the DOP. You know, it's like so there are a lot of points that are similar. And to in a way, uh, you know, when you are, I had this idea to do the Nouvelle Vague, uh, you know, a project like covering uh, the post punk. Uh, uh, um, songs into Bossa Nova. Yeah. So it's the same thing. You have this idea and mm. you, you, and you want, you have to see some people and to convince them that it's a good idea. <laughs> you know, most of the people, most of the people I saw in Paris told me, wow, no, we don't think it's a good idea actually, you know. So, so you have to fight. And actually I've, I've signed it in England because I found a, a, a label in England, a Peace Frog that told me, wow, it's great. We want to do it really, you know, and I thought, wow, finally. <laughs> voilà. So, so, and in the movie, it's the same thing. You have a, you have a subject, you have an idea. I want to do a movie about a woman that is doing electronic music in the seventies. A lot of people will tell you, wow, why? I mean, you know, we no, well, it's not a comedy, it's not a, a film noir, it's not science fiction. I don't know. What, what is this kind of movie? You know, we, we don't, we know. So, uh, you have to, you have to convince and to have to, to, you know, to, to try to, 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 to make it happen. The, the really dif different thing is that because as well, you know, I've got a label and I'm did like 20 years of experience to do music is that yeah. when I'm deciding to do an album, I, I don't need anybody. I mean, I mean, I just, I, I can't go into, in the studio. That's how actually I'm doing. I can just go into my studio next week and I can release it uh, three months after. It's really easy, you know, then to do a movie. Oh, yeah, it's, it's much more money, so you have to to it's it's a, it's a much slower process, but it's it's very similar. Got you, got you. Uh, well, look, it just gives me to say thank you very much for giving us your time on the Britflix podcast. Uh, thank you, thank you. It was a good pleasure. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes, or if you want to help me out directly. There's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.